When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on this Monday night. Hope your week is off to a better start than your Sunday afternoon was, I'm sure. We have Will Levis updates to provide to you. We will do that over the course of this evening's show. And I'm greeted, as I always am, by one of you uh, in the comment section. Mockingbird Lane says, Buck, get a haircut. I literally just got a haircut on Friday, you vultures going to get through this together let's not pick apart each other's personal appearances because it's a long football season and i don't want to have to get personal with somebody but that's all right we're gonna have fun together throughout the course of this evening as i said keeping keeping an eye on the titans upcoming opponent they're of course featured on monday night football as the home team currently trailing the seattle seahawks are seven to nothing with jalen hurts and the Philly offense inside the nine, looks like right now, before that DeAndre Swift carry. Either way, we're going to get you updated with the latest on your quarterback. We will talk about what the implications for that are and what Mike Vrabel had to say about, you know, a potential quarterback situation should Will Levis not be available. We don't have Burt, so the graphic is misleading, but perhaps there will be a better or a higher level of degree of professionalism around here. Sam will do the In Case You Missed It segment, and we'll have a great time together. Uh, Before we get started, need you to share the broadcast around. Do it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, wherever you are spending your time with us. I'll do it with you. As a matter of fact, if you're hanging out on Twitter, please retweet the show. Bottom right-hand corner of your screen, Facebook Live. You can share. You can share now to public. That is in the bottom left. And if you're like Josh Medina, Uh, or one of our other YouTube uh, viewers this evening, like the video, subscribe to the channel, tell a friend to do the same because we always like seeing new names, new faces, new people in here hanging out with us. Uh, We'll get you through uh, probably halftime throughout the course of this, so let's go ahead and get it started. Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Zen Sports Studios. If you are new, I don't know what you're doing here in Week 15 for a 5-9 and football team, but if you are new, I'm Buck Rising. I'm your host, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. She cannot protect protect you from bad football, but she can protect your constitutional rights. Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands. Zen Sports, download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, and get up to $1,000 on your no-danger first wager only at Zen Sports and TrueMap Fitness in the Gulch, your first workout free. A new way to work out, best workout for the best version of you is available at TrueMapFitness.com. All right, so we have an update courtesy of Jeremy Fowler. And once that graphic is in there, I will provide that to you uh, on the screen. But with Will Levis, obviously, uh, the quarterback situation is difficult. Here it is, courtesy of Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Uh, Quarterback Will Levis is dealing with a high ankle sprain per source. Still uncertain whether Tennessee needs to sit him or for how long, but a promising rookie campaign faces a health challenge this weekend. Okay, 
courtesy of Jeremy Fowler there. So uh, with the uh, with the Levis circumstance, as we look at how Mike Vrabel could manage this thing, as we look at whether it's in his best interest to play, I had a couple of callers. For those of you who listen to the radio show, had a couple of call- had some wilding callers today, which is always the case after a Monday, but you all seem particularly unhinged today. That's okay. I understand. We're there to provide you with a certain degree of therapy at five and nine. But one of the callers asked if I thought that it was a viable option to shut down Will Levis, to shut down Tajay Spears, basically the young players that you want to keep healthy and to kind of ride it out with Henry, with Tannehill, or with whomever you consider to be expendable at this point. If Will Levis is healthy enough to play, he will want to play. If Will Levis is healthy enough to play, the Titans will want him to play. There can be no consideration, nor should there be given any consideration, to shutting him down just for the purposes of keeping him healthy, even though he is the most important thing on the roster. Full stop. He's an inexpensive quarterback, and he looks like you can build around him. He is the most important thing. He's the best thing that you have going for you, even though he did not have his best outing on Sunday. So I want to start with your Two Rivers Ford take in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. Uh, what would you do with Will Levis's situation moving forward if you were the Titans? A high ankle sprain, uh, not uh, in, not reportedly right now. I haven't heard anything about a potential surgery for him. We know that the tightrope surgery is something that a lot of players get that can turn around uh, your, the injury in, in shorter fashion, but obviously with only three games left. Uh, a surgical situation uh, seems like the thing that they would want to avoid or at least try and stave off until the offseason. We have seen quarterbacks play on high ankle sprains before. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. What would you do with Will Levis at this point in the season if you were the Titans? Uh, Major Keys says, sit him. B-Birds, 18, says, sit him before he needs surgery too. Let him rest. It's over this season anyway. Uh, we'll get into more of that, and I'll explain to you why I disagree with that position here in just a second, right after I remind you that it is made possible by Two Rivers Ford. Your Two Rivers Ford take always made possible by Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people, quality American-made Ford vehicles, and award-winning customer service. You can't beat it. I'm a Two Rivers Ford customer, DeAndre Hopkins. Drives a Two Rivers Ford. Coach Mac, Coach Mac, and I both got our explorers from Two Rivers Ford. So many other people over 40 years serving Middle Tennessee, tworiversford.com for more information. So, what would you do with Will Levis if you were the Titans? William Young, play the Wildcat with Willis. The offensive line is awful. We were in the locker room last night, and I'm um, Going to be honest, it felt kind of cruel talking to Jalen Duncan and Peter Skaronsky because they're two rookies. One's a first-round pick. We knew he was going to play. He was going to be called upon to play. He did not play well yesterday. He got a stinger. Um, I don't know if he's dealing with any injuries beyond that, but yesterday was certainly not Peter Skaronsky's finest day. And then there's Jalen Duncan, who gave up eight pressures, three sacks, according to Pro Football Focus. I don't know what the coaching staff had him, had him graded specifically with, but having access to the Pro Football Focus premium stats, they uh, pointed out just how poor a day that he had. And we've got some more numbers on just how bad the collective left tackle situation this season for the Titans has been. But it felt cruel last night asking Jalen Duncan and Peter Skaronsky, hey, 
do you take it personally as an offensive line group when you've gotten two quarterbacks hurt here or two quarterbacks have gotten hurt behind this particular offensive line? Now, quarterbacks are falling like flies everywhere. Drew Locke is starting for Seattle tonight. Geno Smith has been dealing with some injury. It was kind of up in the air whether Geno would play tonight or not. Um, we have seen backup quarterbacks. Hell, the AFC South is about to be entirely populated by backup quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is in the concussion protocol. We await uh, an update on C.J. Stroud's status. And, of course, Gardner Minshew has the Colts in pretty, uh, we won't say comfortable playoff position, but comfortable playoff position with an opportunity to go out there and win the division. It's pretty crazy. So you can't keep these guys safe no matter what. And that's evidenced by, I think last year, we hit a new record with the number of quarterbacks that started games for NFL teams with 66, and we are well on track to reach or eclipse that mark in 2023. But it felt cruel asking these guys that question because those two are hardly culpable for that, are hardly the biggest offenders for what their problems are. Now, Duncan is has not has been objectively bad uh, since they put him into the lineup. You've seen him have some nice snaps. He plays with great effort, and that's something to be encouraged by. And perhaps he can, you know, work himself out as a depth piece or swing tackle or, uh, you know, potentially uh, as a starting player on the interior. There will be opportunities for Jalen Duncan to make the roster and beyond next season as a sixth-round pick out of Maryland this year. But they're getting guys killed behind this offensive line. People who are bitching about a conservative game plan yesterday. You can't drop him back uh, in a pure drop back passing game because what happens? You had no sacks in the first half. You had seven sacks in the second half. They're trying to run the football to keep the pressure off Levis. They are unable to run the football because their offensive line is poochies. It is a disaster uh, of on multiple levels. But to sit here and, you know, for three hours a day on talk radio for 45 minutes or 30 minutes or however long we end up spending uh, time together tonight on the primetime show five days a week to do it on the podcast on the 615 session or once a week on Wednesdays with Greg Cosell. If I sit here for the next three weeks and tell you, well, there's nothing you can do to fix it, when that's probably the most realistic approach, there's nothing that can be done to fix it right now. You just kind of have to eat it. Of course, you're not going to accept that, nor should you accept that. But that is also the most glaring reality of their situation. Levis getting hurt yesterday, that they got embarrassed, is one thing. People get fired for embarrassing their ownership groups. John Robinson embarrassed the ownership group of the Tennessee Titans, when Philadelphia Eagles fans were sitting in the bowels of the link, giving Amy Adams, Amy Adams Strunk and her family double middle fingers, saying thank you for AJ as he scored his second touchdown on their necks. They got embarrassed yesterday by Case Keenum and Noah Brown, not Nico Collins, not CJ Stroud, not Will Anderson, who had one of the seven sacks, right? None of those players played yesterday for the Houston Texans. And you lost to the Houston Texans on the one day that you couldn't. You absolutely couldn't while you were wearing the Houston Oilers uniforms because they don't get the uniforms back just because they beat you, like J.J. Watt alleged yesterday on social media. But they get to talk shit to you for the rest of the week, and you get you can't say anything back to them. So the whole thing is excruciating. But that they got embarrassed and got the quarterback hurt is why Mike Vrabel is being asked last night, and I think Kaharski was the one who asked the question about is there any degree of organizational guilt 
about the the product that's been put in front of the quarterback and the running back right now. They're failing Derrick Henry at the end of his career generally. I don't know if it's the end of him here. I imagine they have a pretty good idea what they want to do with Derrick at the end of the year, and I would be shocked if he came back, but the door is not closed by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, I heard uh, I heard last night um, that Derrick Henry was very, very upset with the coverage of his comments. Um, Derrick Henry is, was supposed to have a, uh, a and, and is still going to have a, an event tomorrow for kids in the community at Dick's Sporting Goods, but that was then closed to external media because Derrick is that upset about the way that he was covered yesterday. That was something that I planned to go to um, because that's, you know, community events. Uh, things are always good opportunities to, you know, cover the players in outside of what it is that they're doing on the football field. Cause right now that's a bunch of, that's a bunch of shit. And there's a little bit of feel good to be found around the holidays and Derek Henry handing out presents. I think that's a good thing to showcase for people. I also think it's a goodwill gesture from media to athletes when, yeah, we sit here all week telling you how shitty you are, but you know, we appreciate what you're doing for the community all the same. That was closed to external media because Derek's that pissed about the coverage of his comments last night. Um, I think that what what you look at with with the Titan situation, the one thing that you cannot afford to do is sit him if he's available to play. Talking about Levis, and I'll explain what I mean here in just a second. Uh, I'm going to let you hear from uh, Will Levis, and and for some reason, Sam, just so you're aware, because uh, Sam is helping us out tonight, none of the things that you uploaded are showing up on my end, so I'm going to require you to provide me with an assist here. Um, this was Mike Vrabel. Do, do we have Vrabel or Levis? Just give me a thumbs up on Vrabel. Okay. It's Levis. <laughs> okay. So we're going to hear from somebody on my, on Will Levis's injury, uh, last night after the game. So. If Will can't go, is it, is it simply Ryan or do you have to consider Uh, I don't think, you know, Ryan would, you know, we'll see where we're at based on Will's health and, We'll keep you updated. So uh, that's Mike Vrabel being non-committal about the quarterback situation, not even non-committal about uh, Will Levis, but being non-committal about the backup. Which I just want to—I just want to grab him by the shoulders and say, Michael, you do not want to watch uh, Malik Willis play quarterback again. You know this. I know this. Uh, you're miserable enough. Don't make yourself more miserable. And I don't mean that as a shot at Malik, but let's be realistic about where this thing is right now. And if you're actually serious about this, then I don't think being non-committal about the backup quarterback situation benefits anybody other than, I guess, to keep both of them engaged. I don't know. I, if you have to do that to keep professional athletes engaged, I think you're pretty down tremendous. Um, but I think that the, uh, I think that the situation right now for Will Levis is difficult because I understand why fans want to sit him. And I'm going to explain why I disagree with that logic here in just a second, right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. No workout is ever recycled. No workout is ever repeated. I love all the things that they have to offer, whether that's the group fitness classes, boot camp style, get you in and out efficiently, effectively in 40 minutes, whether that's early in the morning, when I like to go, whether that's in the afternoon on your lunch break or later in the day, sign up for a membership and have access to their awesome facility 
in downtown Nashville in the Gulch or get personal training. I go on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Me and Worth, long-suffering Titans fan, Worth Campbell. Uh, we, we Worth provides me with a workout, and I provide him with the opportunity to vent his feelings about his particular football team. So if you want to commiserate with a fellow miserable Titans fan and get the best workout in Nashville, go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. So a lot of you guys want to sit him based on the comments uh, right now. You absolutely cannot sit Will Levis. Uh, you cannot sit Tajay Spears. You cannot try and – you cannot bubble wrap these guys. I feel that way about Jeff Simmons too. I understand why you don't want them at risk or being put at risk for further injury than they've already experienced. If they got Will Levis hurt yesterday is their greatest offense. It was their most embarrassing loss of the year, and the worst thing that they did was get that quarterback hurt. Um, that's the kind of shit that gets you fired. That's the kind of, I know Diana reported that Mike Vrabel is safe. Uh, it's all out the window. If they, if, if they Wizen hunt this thing, Ken Wizen hunt got fired because they refused to adapt to help improve the protection around Marcus Mariota. The offensive line was shitty. Then it's shitty. Now they're doing everything they can to keep Will Levis upright and it's still not working. But once you get the quarterback hurt, all the, we, you know, we think, you know, we're basically your safety net is removed from you once you put at risk the most valuable commodity that the asset has for its future moving forward. I think that there's a lot of this stuff that will uh, that will frustrate people, but you cannot send the message to a locker room that's already kind of in a weird headspace. I know, I know there's a lot of players who are just generally unhappy. Um with with Mike Vrabel, I know that Mike Vrabel is a certain kind of human being that is probably not a lot of fun at five and nine, or at least not as much fun at five and nine as he is at nine and five. And that's certainly not the situation that he exists. I think he's pretty consistent that way, but I bet it wears on a hell. I know it wears on a hell of a lot more people when you're losing and there's no end in sight and your postseason is already well out of hand at an earlier point than at any other season in the Mike Vrabel era, which is we are currently in the midst or towards the end of his sixth regular season here. Uh, if he is healthy enough to play, you have to put him out there. If Tajay Spears is healthy enough to play, if Skaronsky is healthy enough to play, if Simmons is healthy enough to play, you have to put him out there. You do not um, You do not send the message, the message to the locker room that players are more valuable than one another, even if... This player is more valuable, 100% more valuable than any other. I get why you guys hate that. Uh, I get that you don't care about this year's locker room because I would imagine that 40 to 50% of them are going to be the hell out the door at the end of this year. But I just, I just think that 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 is the kind of that is the kind of coaching stuff that would make me truly question Mike Rabel if they were really sitting players who were available to play that i think is is totally antithetical to who he is that would that would make me question his decision making more if that's kind of the place that they were in how not to says you don't have to if they're healthy enough to play if they're available to play they should play and by the way they should they want to play and sometimes you have to protect will levis from himself right will levis is out there throwing his body around like a maniac on a regular basis. They have to they have to get him to cut that shit out too. You've got to protect him from himself or at least give him the tools to protect himself from himself. But if he is medically cleared to play, if he's available to play, he should be out there. He'll want to be out there. 
You cannot sit players um, just because you want to keep them safe. It's football. Nobody's safe. The, the bodies are broken everywhere. There are plenty of you're, – you're playing for more than just whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish at the end of the season. You're playing for future job opportunities. Guys continue – the, the only time in seven years covering the NFL – that I've seen a team outright quit in front of me and known that a team is outright quitting in front of me is what I watched on Thursday Night Football with the Chargers getting blown out 42 to nothing in the second half. Players are not going to quit. Will Levis is not going to quit. The Titans coaching staff shouldn't allow them the opportunity to wave the white flag. That's not the message that you sent. I don't care that the season's lost anyway. I want to see him play more. He has to play more. The reps are invaluable. If you wanted to see Will Levis play earlier, you should want to see him play late. It's all about quarterback evaluation now. He has to play to be evaluated. Uh, all right. Let's keep it moving here on the primetime show. How would you evaluate, speaking of evaluation, how would you evaluate Will Levis yesterday? Are you going to hear from uh, him on uh, his lack of connection with DeAndre Hopkins here in just a moment? Uh, Sam will cue that up for us right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Go to AmandaJGentry.com for your constitutional rights to be protected. A lot of us don't know what all of our constitutional rights are. That can be a frustrating process, especially if you are under fire in some element of your life. For example, if you feel like your constitutional right to be a father to your child is being threatened. That is something that Amanda Jay and her team take very seriously. They're very passionate about. It's why they've practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties across the state of Tennessee. Wherever justice demands, Amanda Jay and her team are there for you. For more information, go to amandajgentry.com. So, okay. Well, let's go ahead and get to Will Levis. A little bit of a fake out, a little bit of not on the same page. We're DeAndre Hopkins and Will Levis. We're working out the kinks. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to get there. We're coachable. This was Will Levis talking about not being on the same page with his stud wide receiver. It seemed like you and D-Hop have been on the same page a lot. What what maybe was off today? Yeah, I mean, just a couple times where we weren't on the same page, like you said. Um, we had that, you know, streak down the middle. I didn't really know that was happening. Um, still got to put some more on it, and he's got to make that catch, and he knows that. Um, and that's a big play that could have changed the course of that game. But um, just a couple other times, you know, that stuff like that happens. We got to move through it. We got to learn from it. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, weird. You know, that doesn't really happen between us. So that is Will Levis. I've pulled out my handy-dandy game book that the team provides us. Afterwards, he was 17 of 26, uh, 199 yards. He was sacked seven times for losses of 61 yards. By the way, that's not all on the offensive line. He did not. There were moments when he helped him. There were moments where he didn't. So I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, put more blame on him than necessary. But he wasn't. He was far from his best self. I think it's fair to say. He did throw the worst interception. I think that he's thrown. And then they kind of, you know, no pun intended, tightened the reins on him, tightened things up in a, in a, you know, in a sense that I think indicates more constipation uh, than anything else. They, they really, really backed things up. They tried to protect him from the poor offensive line play by running the football. They couldn't run the football, so it just ended up looking like they were running into a brick wall the entire time. Um, the Texans had a good game plan. Derrick Henry said afterwards in the uh, post game press conference with us last night that he felt like they had an answer for everything. 
which is kind of shocking to hear because the whole thing about Mike Vrabel is they're supposed to put you in the best position to succeed and that they had an answer for everything. Uh, one, speaks to the futility of this year's Titans offense, and two, says a lot about the coaching staff that they're just unable to, to, to do, unable to change up what they're doing at all to give this team the best position to succeed. The players are going to be blamed for a lot of this shit. A lot of the players on the roster are insufficient as starting caliber NFL professional athletes. They're insufficient. The roster is bad, but the players should not always be the default scapegoat. The coaches did not have a good game yesterday. The they were out. They were outmaneuvered by D'Amico Ryan's, who had just as little as they did to work with, and still found ways to win games. Uh, so this is a highlight of Jalen Duncan uh, and Peter Skaronsky getting absolutely dummied at the line of scrimmage by Malik Collins, who had a day. Derrick Henry contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage so often on a bunch of these first down carries. Um, whether it's the screens that they're trying to get, they're just trying to find ways to get them to space, and they cannot. This is my thing. Like they, the answer is that they have no answers. And you can want somebody fired for that. I don't think, like, if you if if they if they did a Staley, right? If they turn around on Monday, of course this this didn't happen, nor would this happen. But if Amy Adams Strong said, you know, all right, enough of this shit, I'm going to uh, I'm going to fire Mike Vrabel today. I'm tired of watching uh, three yards and a clouds of uh, a cloud of dust and mo- mostly a lot of punting. I'm tired of it. If she came in and fired Mike Vrabel today, would that fix your problems as a football team? No. Does that guarantee that your problems are going to be fixed at the end of the season? No. The roster has significant work that needs done on it, and there's no way to determine whether they're going to have success with that or not, especially if you fire somebody like Mike Frankel, who has a ton of personnel control. Then you're throwing things even more into flux. Now, I'm not saying that there should not be changes made at the end of the season. And by the way, if if we feel that they are incapable of doing the one thing, the most important thing for this roster, which is keeping that quarterback safe, then yes, considerations should be made to making changes at the top. I don't think we're at that point yet. I still think that Mike Vrabel would get a job before anybody, including his family, found out that he had been fired here. And that, I think, alone is enough for Amy Adams-Strunk to to have some level of patience about potentially moving on from him. But I've never felt less certain about his future here uh, than than I have at any other point. It's not just because they got eliminated from the playoffs at the earliest point uh, in his tenure as a head coach during a regular season. It's There's a lot of personnel problems. The coaching is also insufficient. Uh, anyway, let's keep it moving. On this uh, Monday night, the question being, of course, uh, well, how would you evaluate Will Levis quickly before uh, we wrap things up? I don't think it was his worst his worst performance was Tampa, I thought. I thought they could get absolutely nothing accomplished. He did have a turnover in that game. I don't think the turnover was outright his fault, but he was just they they it was it was his Cleveland game, right? Tannehill just had no shot against the Cleveland Browns. Tampa for Levis felt like the same. I thought that was the worst of it. Yesterday, really the only redeeming quality of of him was the opening drive and that he was finding ways to get the ball out without taking more sacks because he had a hell of a lot more hits than he did sacks yesterday, and he was under constant duress by a Texans pass rush that was without their top draft pick uh, at outside linebacker and Will Anderson, and who's not been like 
you know, he's not Miles Garrett, certainly, but he <laughs> that there were seven sacks given up yesterday and that none of them came by players named Will Anderson is a pretty shocking thing to read if you're looking at the box score for Titans-Texans, understanding all the different players that missed for Houston and how, how Tennessee just mangled that, absolutely mangled that at home. Um, so with that, we'll move on. We'll see if we can turn to some positivity. Normally, Bert is here to smoke cigarettes in our face and make us laugh. I don't know if Sam has cigarettes. I don't know if he's prepared to make us laugh. I don't know what he's going to do, but we'll find out right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by Zen Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code A-T-O-Z-T-N and get up to $1,000 on your no-danger first wager. Football season still continues, even though the Titans playoffs are dead in the water. The NFL bowls all around the corner. You've got the NBA, college basketball, and hockey as well to get you involved. Plug in that promo code A-T-O-Z-T-N uh, terms and conditions do apply. Must be 21 or up in Tennessee to bet. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. All right, Sam. What do you got? All right. Uh, yeah, so I don't really know how Bert does this. I didn't know I was supposed to come with, like, humor or anything like that. I'm well, he doesn't chemically with... enhance, so you're already you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah, well, I'm, I got a couple things for you, a couple sports things, and then uh, getting into the holiday spirit here, Buck Rising, and seeing uh, what a Scrooge you might be. I, 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 are you, well, are you a Scrooge? Because I think you're either like a Scrooge or you're like a sneaky Christmas guy. Uh, what do you think I am? I I think you're a Scrooge, but mm. I, could, I could see the sneaky, like you're, you're nowhere in between. There's no... I don't there, think there's a yeah. Meeting. I don't. I don't operate in in any kind of neutral. There's ground no middle in. ground. So you're either like wearing the pajamas and like because I did hear about a certain Christmas sweater you wore one time to uh, a Titans press conference that yep. reindeer uh, humping at a Mike Vrabel press conference and then I got a, a you gonna eat a bowl or you get a bowl of soup with that sweater or some kind of reference to a forty year old movie that I've never seen. So is that indicative of? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come to the Christmas thing uh, yeah. around. Yeah. I, I, got, I got a couple sports things for you. Number one, uh, in case you're you're loathing, uh, you're feeling all sorry for yourself about Indiana basketball right now and doing some self-loathing, mm. you could always be Oak Hill Christian, who lost to North Dakota State by a score of 108 to 14. Oh, my God. This weekend. Uh, so that stood out as I was scrolling the Twitter sphere. 108 to 14. And I have to preface and just say, like, this is not an unbelievable basketball team in North Dakota State. They mm. lost a game the next night to Illinois State by 10 points. They've lost games to Grand Canyon, San Jose State. They lost to UC Davis by 20 and barely Beat a team called Wisconsin Stout. But if you are the Stout, Oak Hill, not even a directional, not even a directional no. school, Wisconsin Stout, Wisconsin indicating that they're sturdy. Stout. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but the, the Wolf Pack, as you see in the graphic, did not come to play. Oof. And as you can imagine, it went very, very viral. So if you're one of those high school basketball players that was probably a bench warmer but wanted to continue your collegiate athletic career, decided to go to a tiny little Christian school and play some hoops, you got nationally uh, embarrassed by North Dakota State. This I'd week. rather be them. I would rather be them than Indiana basketball. Who gave <laughs> me hope with a 13-point lead over Kansas at home and then blew it because they're shitty. And it's the only team I care about in my sports life, and they continue to make me miserable. I did see there was like a questionable – 
out of bounds call late in that game. Is that yeah, not really? It was out of bounds, uh, Indiana. No, okay. I, I listen. I, I, I'm not even a homer about them just because they make. They're a four month headache. I don't want to talk about basketball anymore. Keep it moving. Hey, make me happy. Bad. This my is bad. supposed to be a fun segment. Well, this will make you laugh. Uh, just at somebody else's pain and misery, that being the Carolina Panthers. Here's okay. a photo from uh, just minutes before their game on Sunday. Oh, God. I, okay. So, again, it's pre-kickoff. So, any of them that are going to this game have to be just absolutely shit-faced in the parking lot. They have to be tailgating. Um, if you are If you are somebody who paid the 50 cents that it costs to get into this game, then one would imagine you have to be heavily under the influence of several different substances, some legal, some not. Um, but I will say that I have seen uh, I have seen a scene like this before in my life, Sam, because when I was broke out of college before I started working for A to Z and started making that A to Z money, I would do Vanderbilt games. I would do Vanderbilt. I would do the oh, PA God. for Vanderbilt games on the weekends, home games. At uh, Memorial, it's not Memorial Stadium. What is it called now? First Bank Stadium, because now they need, they've got the sponsorship dollars on it. So I would do those Vanderbilt games, and I saw some of the saddest scenes that I've ever seen at Power Five major college football. Uh, that is the only thing that I can relate that Titan, or excuse me, that Panthers Falcons pregame in Charlotte, uh, which, by the way, the Panthers won. Yeah, Arthur Smith probably uh, getting fired and that probably being the icing on the cake, unless he's got some resurgence that wins them the NFC South. Uh, this blows my mind. Only, oh, here we go. Adam. Yeah. No, we don't have to, we don't have to re, we don't have to acknowledge the trolls. <laughs> we just have to put them up there and we okay, continue okay. to do the show. All, right. all, all that to say that people show up here just to watch me be miserable. It's been a successful formula for my entire broadcasting career. Come back in March. He'll probably do it again. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got, I, I this is unbelievable to me, Buck, because I get it. It's Charlotte and it's cold and it's a one and 12 team and you're playing the Falcons who don't get anybody out of bed. You have the number one overall pick at quarterback and, and to have the number one overall pick at quarterback and still not be able to drop. By the way, uh, reported attendance for this game. This is the most alarming part of all of this. Reported attendance on ESPN is over 70,000. Mm. So either, right? somebody's lying or they're doing the ticket sales, which is more likely that they're just reporting ticket sales, which lets you know there's probably 65,000 people who had a ticket to this game and just chose not to go. They had other things to do with. I respect Sunday. those people most. I respect <laughs> those people most. Thank I, that you send a message that I'm willing to pay for your tickets and not show up to your game because your football team is so awful. There we go. All right, last one I got for you. This is my holiday one. Uh, mm. So I guess let's let's start it off. Are you, what's the Christmas vibe? Are you driving around listening to Christmas music, feeling all holly and jolly, or are you a Scrooge? This is the rare place where I am, in fact, in the middle ground. I love, you and I were talking about this in the press box. I love uh, music that may not necessarily be the holidays, but kind of connotes a holiday vibe. I love Dean Martin. I love uh, Frank Sinatra. I love Sammy yep. Davis Jr. The Rat Pack. So if I'm clean, you know, if I'm cleaning around the house on a Saturday as I was, so you're into the Buble album. Into the Buble album. Uh, I, I could, I could. Yes, I'm not offended by Michael Buble, but I, uh, I, he's not my go-to though. That is in the same vein. I refuse to put up Christmas decorations. I hate them. 
at my house. I like them at your house. I like them when I don't have to put them up. I'll drive around and look at them and I'll, I'll admire them. I'll be grateful that they're in my neighborhood, but I absolutely refuse to put up Christmas decorations in my home. That is not something that I have time for uh, and not something that I personally care about. And because I'm the only person who lives in my three-bedroom home, there is no reason for me to have said Christmas decorations. So I am, in fact, in the middle. Yeah, I would I would never put up decorations in a house that I lived in by myself. You know, if I'm not with a significant other, if I'm not with my parents, if I'm not in a home that other people can I, that loved ones of my own that I can celebrate with, no Christmas decorations are going up. I find that I don't actually listen to Christmas music at all. I don't watch movies at Christmas movies at all. And it, it's not even like a disdain for them as much as it is just like a time thing. I kind of forget being in this football world all the time that it's like, oh, Christmas is a week from now. And it kind of just sneaks up on me. It's oh, not. Well, that's like, I have a I have an easy explanation for that. That's because you now work in sports and the holidays don't care. Like well, holidays right. don't matter. Like that's that's been a blessing and a curse, because if you enjoy the holidays, then it sucks to be away from family and stuff like that. But if you don't like your family at the holidays the way that I don't like my fam my extended family at the holidays. Um, unless you're my aunt and uncle and listening to this live stream somewhere on, on <laughs> and I love you very much, but I hate those things. I don't like large family gatherings. Uh, football has been a godsend in my life because Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, I'm working. There you go. Yeah. It's not quite, I obviously people say like, Oh, it feels like people put up less Christmas lights and stuff every year. It's just that you're not a kid anymore. And, and when you're a kid, you got the winter break and you're building up to it. And you're kind of like, all right, Christmas time. And you're feeling the vibes. And now you're an adult. It's just kind of like, boom, you're in it. Uh, but this surprised me, Buck, because if I had to ask you who, which uh, woman had this record, I don't think you would know it, but Mariah Carey, Extends her record as the number one artist with the most total weeks, number mm. one on the Hot 100 at 92 weeks with All I Want for Christmas is You becoming the first song in history to hit number one in five distinct chart runs. I've never gotten the hype about the All I Want for Christmas is You song. I think it's a good like bar song around the holidays, but why would you listen to it around your home? Why would you listen to it driving in the car? I don't know. And I would have guessed maybe... 20 artists had this record of being the number one artist with the most total weeks on the Hot 100 before I would have guessed Mariah Carey. That's shocking. Strong disagree. Straight banger. Uh, Mariah can do no wrong. Uh, she Maybe it's because she is also a diva, and I respect that energy, and I try to embody it everywhere I go. But uh, all I want for Christmas is it's a hype song. Like I, I would, I, you know, it's it's like that that meme that you see on the internet of some dude mean mugging. He's got his headphones in. What's he listening to? And I'm listening to All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey while I walk out of the tunnel at Nissan Stadium, acting like I'm getting hyped for game day. Uh, it is uh, it's among the best. Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town. Says Jack Penfold, also unbeatable. I May I throw my hat in the ring and offer up Mistletoe by Justin Bieber? You may. It's, a, will, good, it's a really good one. That's you may. What, I will accept that submission. Yeah, the music video shot in downtown Franklin, Tennessee. People people forget that is a Franklin song right there, uh, claimed by Middle Tennessee. Mistletoe by Justin Bieber, top-tier Christmas song. Excellent. So we've established that uh, we are – we are we could take or leave the, 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 the larger part of the holiday vibe, it seems. That, that's, that's what I feel like we've established. But, I, like, overall, though, you – I know you love Mariah, you like the song, but I mean no. the Beatles, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, like Taylor Swift Elvis, or Drake. I mean Drake, Drake, like 
like Drake, Drake and like the, the modern way of charting things is skewed way more recent than sure. I think like uh, the Beatles or, or Elvis might be able to put up a legitimate fight. But I will say that I am surprised that Taylor Swift didn't get. Now, we don't know how close Taylor Swift came because th this is the power of all I want for Christmas at this particular time of year. It's why I take a victory lap on social media every time I win a ratings book in radio because I know that I'm up against Mariah. Uh, so if I can pull a number one at this time of year, I'm eating right. But uh, I do think that I do think that Taylor Swift is probably closer than we may. This this is not a blowout victory by any stretch of imagination. It's just a it's a tribute to greatness. She's the Patriots of the Brady era. She just wins decade after decade. When and to your point, right? Ninety two weeks is the record of being number one. She gets like a built in five weeks at number one every year. So it's like she she owns a section of the calendar on people's Spotify and Spotify Wrapped and. Uh, it would not surprise me if people had Mariah Carey on their Spotify rap top five listens just because somebody went a little too hard during the holiday season. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. I just I would have thought somebody else had more than 92 weeks at number one with all the hits that we got out there. Yeah, it's it. It, it makes it re, it reassures me because a lot of the hits today and now I know that I'm getting old. A lot of the hits today are shitty. I don't like new music. No, that's starting, not an old thing. That's I'm just starting like to get to to the point where I and it's and also because I curse the people at Music Row every day as I drive or drive past them on the way to the studio because they're responsible for turning this into an even uh, more manufactured hit business than ever it has been. So I'm largely out on the hits. Yeah, I uh, I get disgusted every time I scroll through the hot 100 nowadays. And I'm just, yeah, I don't know. doesn't make a ton of sense to me. That's not an age thing. I think that's just a, a taste thing. Uh, not uh, drinking the Kool-Aid quite as much as the rest of people in society. Well, don't drink the Kool-Aid at, uh, or don't drink the lemonade at a Panera because apparently it will kill you. They kill you. Oh, I should have done that here. That's that, that's a part topic. See, I, this is I should have done that one. See, I didn't know what was off limits. What well, no. wasn't off limits? The Trump. Joe Biden kills you with the lemonade oh thing. Is I, I haven't laughed that hard in a very long time at a meme than uh, scrolling through those on Twitter. It's it's incredible. I uh, it's <laughs> yes, Joe, lemonade kills people in Joe Biden's America. I when didn't think we were going to work in some election cycle takes on the primetime show tonight. Yeah, there you go. There we go. All right. Very good. Well done by Sam. Thank you for your help this evening, buddy. We appreciate it. Yep. I gotcha. All right. So we'll send him to the shadows the same way that we do. Bert, we'll wrap this thing up on a primetime Monday night. And we'll say thank you guys for hanging out here with us. We'll have a great time tomorrow on the radio show. Like I said, foot, shitty football does not mean that the radio show and the primetime show have to be shitty as well. We will continue to entertain ourselves and hopefully we'll, we will entertain you in the process of trying to entertain ourselves. So join us from 10 to 1. Teresa Walker will be in studio. Lucas and I don't know how to act with uh, a football team that's 5 and 9. And Teresa has covered literally every Tennessee Titans uh, Tennessee Oilers season. So she will hold our hands and tell us how to behave like adults and professionals tomorrow in the 11 o'clock hour. Have a great rest of your evening. Enjoy what remains of Monday night football. Hopefully it's a good game for all of us. And I will see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. This is our cult. This is our team. We bleed blue. This is our cult. Whether win or lose, we love them. For the shoe, beat the Titans. 
Let the world hear us now. This is our team. Go Colts!